welcome to another episode of She Speaks Stories. This is Portia. And this is Katie. And we have such a lovely guest with us this morning, really close friends with Julia Cyphers, who, as you know, is one of our precious teammates. And um, Julia just continually on and on telling us, you are going to love Katie Sanchez from California. She's one of Julia's best friends and an amazing story. But before we even get Katie on here, listeners, I just ran across this couple of paragraphs in a book I was reading in my quiet time this morning. And it reminded me so much of why we do what we do on She Speaks Stories, why we spend so much time and energy and why we get so enthusiastic about guests that will come on here and vulnerably share their stories. So I just want to read this to you. It's from a book called God's Design and Why It Matters, Rethinking Sexuality. Now, <laughs> we're not talking about sex today. Maybe one of these uh, themes will tackle that subject. But, um, but this relates to people honestly, vulnerably sharing their stories. Okay, it says this. While not everyone is called and equipped to teach in formal settings, Every follower of Jesus has a story to tell. Not only should we tell our own stories, but we also need to be the champions of what God is doing and has done in other people's lives. Mm -hmm. The Christian church contains an enormous library of God's work in individual lives, not only in believers from the past, but also in those living around us. We all may be writing and telling our own stories, but we are also called to invest in the stories of those around us. Mm -hmm. We can encourage these people, affirm them, and give them a platform to proclaim what God is doing. Whether you know it or not, you are surrounded by people who have stories worthy of your time, your prayers, and your support. Every church is filled with silent testimonies of a great God who redeems our sin and pain, it's time we gave them voice. Oh, I love that. Isn't that good? And I I'm love like, that. that is what we're doing. And we're mm -hmm. so thrilled to champion stories, to give people a platform, to get stories out there, to connect with you all, all you listeners. Obviously, some connect better than others, but we've been in a series, really, of how does God send hope, help, and healing in this mm -hmm terribly hard world and just showcasing stories. Our story this morning, Katie Sanchez, really is going to focus on healing. How does God send healing in a variety of ways? So Portia, read read the bio and we'll, we'll get Katie on here to tell her story. All right. Well, Katie was raised on the East Coast in a good American family. When she went to college, it was confirmed in her heart that she needed more than just that goodness. As she pursued her faith, she grew spiritually and discovered a calling to Russian orphanages. Little did she know that this time was preparing her for a nonstop life God had planned for her. When she moved to California, met her husband and started her family. God brought her close to himself with a chaotic newness that emptied her self-defined identity with healing. Whoa, I'm, I am itching to hear more explanations of all of this chaotic newness let's go what's, what's happening 
Let's go. Jump right in, Katie. Welcome. Hi. Thank you, guys. Thank you for hearing my story. We are so eager to. So uh, we always like to start at the beginning. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you started on the East Coast and then moved to the West Coast. Right. So I grew up in Virginia, kind of outside D.C., and um, parents still together, two older brothers, very typical good old American um, life and um, uh, pretty easy, you know, didn't didn't struggle too much. And um, I um, it was just normal. It was just, you know, I went to college. I I did my thing and and I had I was let's see, I was a fresh, or I had just graduated my freshman year. And I said, you know what, like, I haven't done anything. And, and, and I had met the Lord in in high school through um, a Bible study. And so I, I felt like I needed, I needed some, some realness. I needed something else to, um, uh, to kind of spice up this, this life of mine. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm dropping out of school and I'm going to go to Russia. And my parents are both teachers and we're like, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> and so, um, but I just felt the Holy Spirit just saying, you know what, like, um, if you don't do it now, then you're just not going to do it. So get on a plane. I had never been on a plane, had, did not know even one word of Russian. And, um, but that's where I felt like, um, that's where I was called to be. So I dropped out of school. I just kind of joined up with this random mission group and um, ended up in Russia in this orphanage. And it um, transformed me from the second I stepped off the plane. Um, It's just where my story started to go and um, where I felt really connected with God. I felt really, um, I felt this intimacy with God that, that I hadn't felt in, um, just the normal everyday life in in Virginia. And, um, so I did the little mission trip and I came back and, okay, fine, I'll go back to school. And so I, you know, I, I get back to college and I kind of do my thing and, but there is this, this kind of ache, like this is, you know, this, this is where I need to be. And, um, so I kept going back. So I, I, I kept going on this mission trip type of thing. And, But then I just started going on my own and um, started staying with this one family there and always going to this one particular orphanage. And it was an orphanage for physically and mentally disabled kids. And um, and so it it kind of just started enlarging my heart. And um, and that was my story. That was that was who I kind of uh, started forming my identity to be was this this person that traveled to Russia, did all these mission trips and helped all these kids and all that kind of stuff. All good things, all good things. But, um, and so, um, I ended up going probably, and I finished college and, and just, I, I went there and I think I stayed maybe six months and, and started teaching at a university there, English classes. And, um, it's just, my heart was, was growing so big there. That was, was where, where, um, where I really felt this intimacy with the Lord. And, um, so I came back, got a job and I was teaching special ed. And that also came from this orphanage with the um, kids that were, um, physically and mentally disabled. And so I had got this job, uh, working special ed. And one day I'd been working a couple years there. And one day, uh, this one kid pulled a knife on me and, um, 
and you know, I'm, I'm leaving school and it was like this crazy day and I'm leaving school and I open up my flip phone, you know, we had flip phones, it wasn't, <laughs> wasn't the iPhones then. And they open up my flip phone and there's this message, um, of, um, a, a company in California saying, we got your name and number from, from, uh, so-and-so and so-and-so will you move to California and run our business? And I'm thinking, well, this kid just pulled a knife on me and I'm 27. Well, let's do it. So, <laughs> um, and so that's kind of the start, um, of, of how, like my heart, um, for, um, orphans and my heart, um, how I kind of started my relation. Like that was my early years with, with the Lord and how, how my early years kind of looked um, with the Lord, um, in this orphanage and that, that kind of enlarged my heart in that way. Um, and leading into getting into California. I love wow. that Katie, yeah. because going to Russia on your own like that, I mean, I know you were with a mission trip, but, um, right. and how you felt intimacy for the first time, it's almost like until you really need the Holy spirit, like you get out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. He's there, he's real, he loves you, but you you're kind of self-sufficient in your regular old life. And right. when you really get out of the boat and have to walk on water, you really need to right. look at him in the eyes and be intimate. So right. I love that. So you're off to California. Now, yeah. what was that? What was the job? Was it crazy? What? <laughs> So, yeah, so that was kind of where <clears throat> I thought, you know, in my mind, and I did, and that was where I, you know, Russia was where my heart was and where I was experiencing really just so much um, fruit of the Holy Spirit and just the Lord. Um, but wow, I had no idea. Uh, that was nothing. That was nothing compared to what I was really um, being, being uh, sharpened for. And so, so I moved to California. I didn't know a soul. Um, I didn't know what I was doing, but I was going for this job. I was working for a fair trade company that was um, so basically um, designing products for um, artisans in developing countries. A lot of women's group in developing countries that produce products, and then we would sell them. And um, and so so now I'm um, just switching careers and in a totally different state. And California is kind of like was way more culture shock than going to Russia. Like California is its own little weird, crazy place. And so, um, so I show up here and, um, and pretty soon after moving, I met my husband, you know, he was just a friend, but met my husband and we were buddies for a while. And, um, and um, he is from Mexico. So he um, had immigrated from Mexico and was just working in the fields and um, just kind of started at the, you know, the bottom, you know, didn't know the language or anything like that. And so he started from the bottom. He had been there maybe 20 years um, in the town where we were. And uh, so he had worked his way up and he had a, you know, construction business at this point. And, um, and uh, so anyway, so he's working here and, and we get married and um, that was a whole, a whole another thing just different cultures and um and that 
wow, that could be a whole nother story. But, um, <laughs> but so we get married and he is an ultra runner. So like, um, so he's got a construction business, but he, his hobby is ultra running, which um, means just uh, anything over a marathon. Wow. So he runs like hundred mile races, 135 mile races, just like crazy stuff. And, um, and so I'm marrying this really strong guy, you know, and, and in my mind, like I have this heart for these orphans at this point, I had been to Russia maybe 12 times. Like that was where, um, my heart was like, you know, at this point, like there's so many orphans, why am I going to have kids? Like I, mm -hmm. I can just bring these orphans home. Right. And, um, not, not the plan. Uh, so we get married, we get pregnant on our wedding night and, um, lovely surprise. And, um, uh, my husband also, you know, really strong ultra runner, like can do anything. Um, our first year of marriage, uh, is like having a hard time breathing and like not really able to like kind of perform in his work and his races and, and we go to the, um, so we had had our kids, sorry. So we had had our kids. So she was newborn and my husband's having a hard time. And so we go to the doctors, you know, I'm like, you know, I think there's something wrong with his lungs. He's having a hard time breathing. And, and, uh, and the doctor's like, no, his lungs are great. Like he, his heart is out of control. His heart is like super fast and super crazy and really, um, uh, out of rhythm and all this stuff. And he's like, you're, I'm calling the ambulance. Like you're going to the, the hospital right now. And I'm like, wait, I'm holding, I have a newborn. What? Wait, no. Like, <laughs> and I, and I'm at this point, I'm, I'm newly wed. I'm have a, a newborn and, you know, I'm in this marriage with this other culture and I'm like, yeah. my mind is blown. Like I don't, <laughs> and I'm like, where's the button? There's gotta be a button where I can push. Like I can either stop being a wife or stop being um, a mom or like, I can just push pause. Right. There's gotta be some kind of button, like, right. and, um, and there's not, not a button. And so we go through and it ends up, he's got this, um, enlarged heart and he's got all these arrhythmias and he has to have heart surgery. And, and so that was kind of our first year. And, mm -hmm. um, and I'm like, take me back to Russia. Like mm -hmm. I, like, I want to, like that intimacy was like sweet and cute mm -hmm. and, and this intimacy, God, like, I don't want it. Like, I don't want mm -hmm. this intimacy. Like, this is mm -hmm. too much, you know, and I, I prefer like something sweet and cute. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so he has his surgery and, you know, he recovers and, and, um, that was all well and good. And, and, um, and so, but I'm still kind of like wrestling with the Lord. Like I, I, I don't, I don't want this intimacy. Like, I don't want you to draw me deeper into, into like struggle and like hardship. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, 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 let's, let's, you know, let's go back to fluffy and, and mm -hmm. happy. And, and, um, and so I'm still kind of struggling with that. And there's, um, you know, as a new mom and being stressed out and, and over tired and, um, and then having the health things on top of it, like it, it was kind of adding this layer. I didn't know at the time it was adding this layer of like resentment mm. and, um, it kind of started building. And so I didn't notice at the time. And, and, um, so we, he gets better and we decide we're going to have another kid. So we have another kid and we have another daughter. And, um, and the second we found out 
we uh, were pregnant, I just felt the Holy Spirit said, this is going to be different. And I didn't know what that meant. I just knew this is going to be different. And so um, I'm like, okay, like maybe the labor is going to be different. Maybe, you know, okay, maybe it's going to be a boy, you know, I don't know. And, um, and so labor was exactly the same. Everything was exactly the same. I'm like, okay, what's different? What's different? And the second she was born, I noticed the very first thing I saw was her hand. She was born with a limb difference. So her left side was different than her right side. And, um, and, you know, initially my husband and I were like, cool, like, all right, we can deal with that. You know, God will work this. Like if that's all of it, that's, if it's just like cosmetic and it's just physical, like we can work with this. Like, that's fine. Like she's healthy. She's breathing. She was totally fine. Like, it's fine. Like let's move on. She's healthy. And, um, and we did, you know, and she, we were assuming that she was healthy and, um, and she was to some degree and, uh, she kind of, we kind of moved forward and moved forward and, and, uh, and I kind of noticed as the months went on and like kids or, um, like friends that had children around the same time, like their kids were doing other things that my child wasn't and they were progressing forward and hmm, my, my, you know, my daughter's not doing that. And, and, uh, and I started noticing like she's having a hard time feeding and, and going into public and all these types of things. I'm like, okay, like, all right, God, like, again, like, I, I don't want this, I don't want this type of intimacy with you. Like, I, 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 you know, like you're calling me to this depth that I, I, I don't think I have, like, I, oh, I don't want it. And, um, but he was equipping me and, and he was, um, he was, he had prepared me. He had gone before me. He, he, he knew. And so, um, he was sustaining us. And, and the, the cool thing is, is like, I have, a, you know, a master's in special ed. And so I know how to, how to kind of tackle these things, whereas maybe a typical mom wouldn't have. And, um, and my husband is this ultra runner and like with ultra running, it's kind of this thing. It's yeah, your body has to be strong, but your mind has to be incredibly strong to be able to push through push through each mile push through push through and what we didn't know is that was going to be so so useful that the lord had 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 put him into this hobby of ultra running so that his he could push through a lot mm-hmm. and we had to push through a lot because our daughter um, only slept for 43 minutes at a time at any given time and that was day night didn't matter mm-hmm. and so she had so many um her like neurological system was just through the roof, like on fire. She couldn't rest. She couldn't process. Mm-hmm. She couldn't feed. She couldn't, um, she couldn't manage. And every 43 minutes she woke up. Mm-hmm. And so the only thing that would regulate her was bouncing on a yoga ball. And so we would bounce on a yoga ball for at least seven hours a night mm-hmm. and we wouldn't sleep. And so the only way that we could get her to sleep that like little chunk, little chunk, was to bounce on the yoga ball, but of course we're not sleeping, you know, but mm-hmm. at least she was sleeping those 43 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that happened, that was going on for three years and it wasn't like, oh, you know, maybe she didn't do it on weekends or like, oh, like, oh, we could give her this, or we could do this sleep training. Like, believe me, <laughs> we mm-hmm. tried it all. And, uh, and it, it, it happened for three years. Mm-hmm. And she was in, you know, physical therapy and occupational therapy and speech therapy and feeding therapy. And um, I didn't drive for over a year because 
I was so sleep deprived. No, I, you know, I didn't, there's no way it was even safe for me to be behind the wheel. Um, so we were just underwater. We were pretty much housebound because she couldn't go into public. Um, her sensory needs were so, um, so specific that, um, when she would see things, um, that she liked or wanted or were too much for her sensory system, she would, she would bite herself. And so we were pretty much housebound and, um, you know, as a new mom, you're kind of housebound anyways. And it's like life sucking. (laughs) This was like, this was like to the next degree. And, um, and so, um, it was this, this was real intimacy with the Lord. This was, this was me and my husband on our knees, on our faces, weeping, like weeping, weeping, weeping. And, um, and just really not even saying anything, just weeping. And this was us like living out like the book of Lamentations and, and like us, like, um, just weeping for what this is. Like, this is, this is not, you know, I, I just felt like for so long we would weep and just kind of be angry at God. Like, what do you, like, is this a joke? Like, what is, why, what is this? You know, like, why isn't she getting better? And why can't we move past this? And, um, and there's one night I just felt the Holy Spirit say, you know what? This is not the world I created for you. This is not, this is not, I am weeping right next to you. Like I am weeping, weeping with you. Like this is, um, I am with you. Like, and I think for me, that was a turning point, a revelation for me that, um, things didn't get better, but it was a turning point for me to realize I was equipped. And even though it was hard and, um, and there were, I was angry and I mean, any emotion you could name, I I felt it. And, um, but, but I was equipped with the Holy spirit in just one foot in front of the other. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I remember she slept, it was about three years and she slept for three hours. And we honestly like opened a bottle of champagne. Like we were like, (laughs) we made it, like we made it. And like, this is, we're, we're just praising God. We're so excited. We went to the coast. We like opened this bottle of champagne at this, co- at the coast and like saw the waves. And we're like, we did it. We're out of the valley. We're out of the valley. Like, yes. And we just like, we're so excited. And the next day, my husband came home from the gym and he was like, Katie, you have to take me to the ER. And I'm like, excuse me, what? And he's like, there's something wrong with me. You have to take me to the ER. And I'm like, oh, but we just had this champagne at the coast. Like, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 no. We're out of the valley. We're we're out of the valley, buddy. And so I took him to the ER and um and he was having another episode with his heart. And so um he needed another heart surgery. And again, I'm like, where is this button? Like I don't yeah. I want to be fully there for my husband, but I, I I gotta be there, fully there for my kids. And you know, my my poor first daughter is just like, hello, (laughs) I'm here. And, um, and so I'm like, gosh, God, like, there's gotta be a button. Like, please let me find a button. And, um, there's again, no button. And, you know, just, he was equipping me to just keep going forward. And, um, 
And so again, my husband had heart surgery and he recovers and, um, and then a couple months later, um, the girls and I were super sick. We had like the respiratory flu, like, you know, just real, real sick. And we had 104 fevers. We were in bed. They were throwing up. I'm like, literally this is so, how bad it was. Like I, one of the girls threw up and I was so tired and I had such a fever. I just covered it up with a towel and I was like, oh, yeah. about that later. Yeah. <laughs> like, like two days later, I was like, oh, there's the towel. Oh my gosh. Like, I mean, just bad. It was bad. Mm-hmm. And my husband came home from work and he was like, Katie, you got to take me to the R- ER. And I was like, oh no, 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 no. And I honestly, I said, no, I'm, I can't take you to the ER because these kids are so sick. I'm so sick. I, I can't. And so I'm calling like all these people, Hey, can you take my husband in the ER? Can you take my husband's ER? No, you can't. Okay. Oh, all right. All right. And so literally this day I say, okay, everybody in the car, we're all going to the ER. Mm-hmm. And I check all three of my family members into the ER because they're so sick. I'm thinking, I don't know what they have. Like it's bad. I I'm bad, but at least I can drive. And my husband, of course, he's just like a ghost next to me and he can't walk or do anything. And so I'm like, okay, we're all going. So I checked all three family members into the (laughs) at the same time. And of course, my husband had to stay and had to have another heart surgery. And we were able to go, of course. But, um, But this kind of like had the, the, this, 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 kind of spirit of resentment kind of was just like building in me at this time mm-hmm. and I and again I didn't have time to notice it I I, I didn't mm-hmm. have time to know like I don't want this life I I I I, I don't want these I don't want this story like I, I I want I want a story that that looks nice like a missionary in Russia like I don't I don't want this story and um and um the spirit of resentment was just kind of building in me and, and I didn't have kind of the, the, the awareness or the time to even notice it. And so, um, again, my husband has surgery, he gets better and, and we move on and, and my daughter's sleeping more and, and think she's kind of more regulated with her behaviors and, and, you know, like it's, it's going well, it's going pretty well. And my, uh, first daughter, um, by this time she's five. So, we've been going at this for about five years now and um and we noticed she's reading kind of close to the pages and she you know like she's reading real close and so I take her to the eye doctor and they're like they do a test and they come back and they're like we're gonna do that test again and I'm like okay and they do another test and they're like, we're gonna we're gonna actually do that test again and I'm like oh, okay and so they come back and and, and they and they're like Katie um, your daughter's blind. And I'm like, it like, excuse me, like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, she's five. Like she rides a two wheel bike. Like she has never run into a wall. She's never dropped a plate. Like, what are you talking about? And they're like, she's not considered a visual being. Her muscles don't even activate. And I'm (sighs) like, like, it, like, come again. (laughs) Like, are you like, you know? And so I'm just like blown away. And I start weeping like in the, in the exam room and my daughter's like, wait, what, why are you crying? You know, what's wrong? And you know, she has no idea. She's just Mm -hmm. literally functioning by the Holy spirit. And she, I'd always known she had this like sixth sense and it Mm -hmm. was 
pretty phenomenal. Like she, um, she could taste and smell like pretty insane and could mm -hmm. like tell me what was in each recipe, like to the, like how many, gar how many cloves of garlic and like stuff wow. like that. But she has a sixth sense about people. Like she can tell um, how they're doing. Like she can tell, like, just like, she just can look at you and just know like how you're doing mm. and like and so I'm like gosh it all makes sense like ah and um so anyways long story short she's able to get this kind of like small prescription of glasses and they change every three months and it kind of activates her muscles and mm -hmm. um and that so with these with these glasses like slowly changing over time she's able to see like maybe you know across the dinner table and she can see like um she had never I remember we, when she first got her glasses she didn't know that I had pupils she didn't know that I had a black dot in my eye and so mm -hmm. she was just giggling and giggling and giggling like mama like you have this black dot in your eye and I was like well you do too sweetie <laughs> like and um you know and but and again, I'm just like kind of angry at God. Like I really am sick of this story. Like I'm really mm -hmm. sick of it. And um, and I'm kind of just wanting to like check out. Like I, I just want to. I want somebody else to do this. Like I, I just want to check out, you know. And um, and but every when I look back, like it just maybe it was just because we um had to, but we just kept going and um we I, I won't say that it was pretty and I won't say that um it was always something that would should be in some kind of Christian book um for sure I would would not I would be the first to agree to that one but um we had we had enough tools um through the Holy Spirit I mean only the Holy Spirit that could get us through and right. each trial. And, um, and so finally, um, I do feel like we, um, I was able to kind of see where the, the trauma had, 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 had taken its toll at mm -hmm. this point. Like when, when like our first daughter, who was like, you know, the, the one keeping us together, um, mm -hmm. kind of was taken down. It was like, okay, like the trauma kind of has, has taken its toll, like on me as a mom and as a wife. And, and, um, and so that, but the beauty of it all is through all of this medical stuff, um, we, we were forced to be at home. We were forced to be like housebound and we were forced to create these beautiful, beautiful traditions and beautiful, um, family jokes and like um just like uh schedules and routines that we had to keep for our daughter's like sensory needs and I resented it at the time of like I'm so sick of this routine but it like created this beauty in our family mm -hmm. um that we cling to now like we cling to these traditions and these routines and these these things that that have defined us that mm -hmm. um that have come out of the ashes, the beauty that have come out of this, this trauma. And um, speaking of ashes, we're in Northern California, and so we got lots of fires. And so mm -hmm. through all of this, we're like evacuating our home multiple times, um, because there's fires all around us and coming into our town. And, and so um, like the, the trauma of it all, 
And, and I think like a lot of people will, will not consider certain things trauma. And it's like, mm-hmm. um, like, oh, well, I didn't, you know, I didn't have somebody die or I, I didn't have a miscarriage or those are trauma, but, you know, well, having, you know, a diagnosis or, or having like a certain, a move that was really challenging or whatever, mm-hmm. like those are trauma, you know, like right. it, call it what it is and like, and, and heal from it because, mm-hmm. because trauma can look so different for so many different people. And so for us, we were going through all this trauma, fires, health, you know, like all this stuff. And, um, and I, and I think, um, and, and it was creating again, this resentment of like, I just, I just, um, I, I, and I don't know if, I guess resentment's the right word, but like resentment, maybe even towards my friends of like, well, you guys like aren't going through any of this stuff. And like, how come I'm going through all this stuff? And, um, and, um, so I think, yeah, I think like recognizing that trauma can look so different. Um, and that's when healing like can look so different for so many different people. And Mm -hmm. for us, like the healing didn't come in like overnight, you know, the healing was, is it's, and it it is, it's not, there's no, was it's, we're still in it. Mm -hmm. Um, it is, is messy and ugly. And like, there's arguments with my husband and, 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 um, but it's like going through that, that, um, the trauma and, 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 and healing from that trauma that it it is ugly and it is hard. And, um, and, uh, and there isn't really like a a formula for it. And, um, and it's just kind of feeling what you need to feel and, 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 um, but doing it with your partner and, and your kids and, and, you know, my kids like, are like, that's just their life. Like they, mm-hmm. they, they had, they don't have any trauma, you know I mean? And so it's just like kind of working with, with everybody in like, um, what it looks like to, to heal through mm-hmm. these things. And I think I needed more healing than, than everybody else in my family, because I was kind of the one yeah. carrying everybody. Yeah. Um, uh, so for me in particular, as a mom and as a wife, like I needed way more healing um, and space for myself. I needed to create a lot of space for myself, um, to be able to feel the not so pretty feelings and to be able to express the not so pretty things, mm-hmm. um, and the fears and, you know, the, the PTSD and all that kind of stuff that comes mm-hmm. along with it. Um, but also express that to God and say, like, this is what, this is what I'm, feeling and I'm actually mad at you and I'm like Mm. and and there 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 was this again this spirit of resentment towards God of like Mm. why are you doing this like I'm so angry at you that this is happening and um and just kind of working through that with God as well and again like wasn't pretty you know like and but um and for me like in my journaling it in the past, it was like just journaling to God, but it would kind of be just complaining, you know, which is mm-hmm. fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I kind of, I got into this habit of having, having the father speak back to me. Right. So I would journal to, I would journal and journal and just kind of get it all out. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I would write and I would say, okay, dearest Katie, 
And I would have the father mm. speak to me as a daughter. And I would just journal what he would say to me, what he would say yeah. to me. And it's not going to be what your friend's going to say to you. It's not going to be what the therapist would say to you. You know, it would, it's going to be so um, pure and because mm-hmm. it's the father speaking to, to, to his daughter, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it took a while. Um, but that was part of my healing of just knowing what the father had to speak to me as his, as his precious daughter and um about the trauma about the the stress about the the trials and um that was really healing for me and you know because you can hear your friends and they can say this and they can say that and the therapist can say this and they can say that but what what the father really thinks of you is and and of this trial and and of your spouse that you're like ah he's what is he doing my spouse is so annoying you know and it's like hearing what he thinks of him and um and your kid who's so stinking difficult and you know and you're like ah but but hearing his voice about that um was really healing for me and and journaling and for me was kind of what I needed because I I had to get it out you know and um okay yeah (laughs) Katie the journey that you just yeah no the journey that you just took us on um was was so beautiful in all of the 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 mess of it because okay because think about it the things like the picture that I have in mind is like like paint splotches like you just plop them down and then like you'll fold the piece of paper and you'll open it up Mm -hmm. and it is a mess and a kaleidoscope and beautiful Mm -hmm. it is a beautiful mess of things right and um there's this movie that came out forever ago um and one of the characters um, was blind and then he had a surgery and he could see. And so he's like, it's his journey of learning how to see all these different things. And um, his friend was showing him, was like, well, this is this and this is that. And he saw um, graffiti. He was like, oh, this is beautiful. This must be art. And she was like, no, actually it's not because it's marred the whatever. And so like, so while the story was following him, it was also following her to recognize that things out of order and things don't, that don't follow the script doesn't automatically make them a mess or not right, beautiful. Right. right. And so um, in this story, I love the the grit and the raw of it. You you said the phrase, it's kind of like our own personal story of lamentations. Like um, when you said the third time when your husband walked in the door and said, <laughs> we have to go to the ER, and I was like, no way. <laughs> Um, and then to hear about your oldest daughter and what she's been walking through. Um, but what I heard in your story and the, the help and the hope that I heard is that you didn't try to hide the resentment that was building from God once you realized it was there. Like you, once you realized that you were upset at him, it wasn't like, well, I'm not going to tell him. No, you're like, no, I'm mad at you for this. <laughs> because I think so often we think we can't tell God that we're mad. Like he doesn't know, right? <laughs> Um, and so the golden thread that I see throughout your story is, man, this was really hard and I don't want to do this, but he equipped us. He gave us what we needed by his Holy spirit. And, um, when you got to the part of my precious, my dearest daughter, and then to continue, I was like, what a gift from God that through all of it, number one, that you could pour out all of the depth of the trauma and the hurt and the pain to be able to hear him, you know, it's almost like, uh, the tantrum that you see in our, in our little humans that we love so much (laughs) 
that when the calm comes, because it eventually comes, even if it's a short calm, they're able to receive the love and the support and the, the care that we have for them. And that is what the Lord has been doing in you. Um, and the final thing I'll say is um, you said that uh, the healing was, and you corrected yourself and you said, no, the healing is because I am being healed. It is a continual process that is happening because we're still in it. And I think this is probably very American and very Western that we want there to be to end, ta-da, and it's done, right? <laughs> and that's just not life. It's just yeah. not life. And um, I want to, I want us to, to ask you this, like, what is the one thing that you would want our listeners to hear? Like I did a quick like recap, but um, what is the one thing that you would say to that woman or to that man that is listening and they're going, her life is my life. It's just different circumstances. How, how, because listeners, what you can't see is that Katie has a smile on her face. What you can't see, but I hope that you can hear is through all of the difficulties, there is still, there is a hope and there is a joy in her countenance and in her presence. Um, so what is the thing that you would want to leave our listeners with? Um, I guess that hope, that hope um, that doesn't disappoint and even, but, and to not beat yourself up if you are disappointed, it doesn't mean the hope is gone, you know, mm. and to not beat yourself up if you are ticked off, um, the hope is not gone. And, um, but also that, that hope kind of comes alongside you in, in the healing process and the healing process uh kind of is an active process you know it's mm -hmm. not um for me it was kind of uprooting this root this really deep root that of of resentment and anger that like this is my story um this root that had been kind of growing and growing and growing deep um it was an, it's an active process of 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 calling it out and saying yeah, I, I do feel resentment. I do feel anger and like calling it out and, and uprooting it. So the, the hope kind of meets the, the work on your part to, to uproot these things, whatever they are, you know, anger mm -hmm. or, or trauma or um, unforgiveness or whatever, like uh, uprooting those things aligned with that hope. Um, I feel like are, are, are what, healing really is and it's not maybe going to be pretty necessarily yeah. all the time you know and um and that's okay I think and if we're all honest like nothing's really pretty in any of our lives like unless yeah. it's on Instagram you know and so <laughs> like yeah. um and I think like what you were saying Katie in the beginning was like um telling each other our narratives in vulnerability is is the key you know because um, we can tell each other this narrative or we can tell ourselves this narrative and it's like um, we need other narratives in vulnerability to to kind of get us out of our own little narrative you know that we right. are telling ourselves right because it like Katie your story your people all had health things and it, of course our 
you know, the way we operate with our senses and what we can see and taste and feel and touch and not think about the supernatural or the inner healing, we want physical healing. And, right. you know, you didn't really even talk overly much about the actual physical healing of your husband, physical healing of your two daughters, obviously surgeries and glasses and, you know, things to help with the physical but what I love is you really highlighted for the listeners, there is another type of healing that is so essential. And it's that healing of our souls, our minds, our spirits, mm-hmm. and it is an active process, but it's just as important as the physical right. <laughs> healing. And, and there is our part in it. It, it isn't just God, take it away. And I love that you were so honest and said at different points in your life, you really did want him to just take it away. Just give me a button where I don't have to do this. Right. But that's not reality. That's not life on earth (laughs) for anybody. So how do you keep going? And that is through that inner healing of your, your own soul, your own grabbing of the hope and walking in intimacy and having a perspective. And I love that a big part of your healing story was getting alone with God mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. your journal. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that a big part was pouring out in honesty, mm-hmm. all the emotions, right. but not stopping there mm-hmm. and taking time to listen. Julia said something about a breath prayer that helped you? Oh, I, yeah, somewhere along the line, um, I was praying just whenever, kind of, I I was so sleep deprived that I didn't really have the energy to to even talk to God. But I had this one prayer that I would just say, like, in a breath. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would say, um, God, oh gosh, now I can't even remember it. God, um, uh, change me, fill me, and make me more like you. Wow. And whenever like a hard thing and I just say change me fill me make me more like you and I stopped saying it for about those three years that um our youngest daughter was having such a hard time and I remember just like that after those three years I just randomly found the little piece of paper it was like tiny little scrap of paper that had this breath prayer on it and I said oh my gosh I haven't said this in three years Mm-hmm. And I said it every single day, like multiple times a day. And um, I said, oh my gosh, I haven't said it in three years. And I just started weeping because I said, change me, fill me. Or no, I, it was like, em, em, empty me of me or something like that. Mm-hmm. And make and fill me with you or something like that. Yeah. But anyways, and I felt so hollow in those three years because I was just like, like so I had nothing no energy no nothing like just nothing to keep me going and I remember I was just weeping thinking wow you did you carved out every single thing (laughs) in me that's me that was you know just thinking like oh if I'm a missionary in Russia then I'm really intimate Mm -hmm. with you like oh if I'm doing this then I'm really intimate with you um but really you carved all that stuff out of me you emptied Mm -hmm. me and I physically felt empty because I had no energy, mm-hmm. but then you filled me back up yeah. and you filled, you filled me back up with your strength and you, you know, real true intimacy with you, which was 
vulnerable and raw and mm-hmm. not so pretty and you know and um and wow now I am filled back up with you instead of my you know my narrative of what it looks like to be close with God or what it looks like to be a, a good Christian or whatever you know um this is really connectivity with with you at the father you know so. it it just reminds me so much of the story of job katie yeah. i'm sorry to call you job but <laughs> i mean I how it, 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 first of all the friends you said you know this what you hear the father say back to you is not necessarily what you'd hear your friends say or right. your therapist even say right um the friends are saying one thing job's life is a nightmare and he literally says i wish i weren't even born mm-hmm. why was i even why'd you even let me be born but mm-hmm. then he's angry he's pouring it all out and then god's answer is not really what you want god to, you want god to say i'm so sorry joe <laughs> and here's why it all happened and you know but god really says okay well where were you when i created the stars and the canyons and the rivers and the oceans and I was reading something about Job the other day that as you were speaking Katie it it, this analogy came in my mind when God is speaking to Job and he's talking about how he created all these incredible things the idea of like the Grand Canyon it's gorgeous it's beautiful it's breathtaking but think of the years Uh that wind and rain and erosion um god carving Mm -hmm. the grand canyon through time and through you know or Uh i don't know i just and and i thought what are you carving in me so right trials and tribulations they're going to come to all of us unhealthy things things we don't want in our lives Mm -hmm. but the healer is real Mm -hmm. and he's there and um yeah yeah i don't know katie you really said it all i don't even need to sum it up said it all and this was a gorgeous story listeners i hope you turned in tuned in we'll tune in and share this with anybody you think needs to hear um just this aspect of healing mm-hmm. and it's and like we said a couple of weeks ago it's all woven in with hope and help at the mm-hmm. same time for sure um, yeah he's a mighty god and he is with us and that was the other golden thread through your story mm-hmm. katie that i kept picking up on he was with you he was right. you. he was yeah. with you as that you know innocent un un mm-hmm. um aggravated girl in your <laughs> regular life yeah. word yeah aggravate you know what well, I mean? it's accurate yeah like everything was pretty normal and good he was with you when you jumped on that plane and really you know right and yet always preparing and then um wow with you through those hard hardest three years and still with you as you continue to heal listeners right. he's with you too that's um, right Amen. We love you all. Katie, thanks for your vulnerability. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. We love you all. We'll be with you next time. Bye.